Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The Toddcast Podcast. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and at ToddHancock.ca. How's it going, Todd? There he is. There we go. Sorry, I'm just putting on some clothes for you. It's not that kind of podcast, right? Yeah, I know, right? I was thinking, I probably should put some pants on as well. So, on the same <laughs> hey, page don't get here, people Trevor. below the waist, man, unless you stand up. So, it's all good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, Trevor Beggs, thank you for taking some time here tonight to hang out with the Toddcast. Of course, uh, you're known multifaceted here in the city. Uh, a Vancouver Canuck writer. You're the managing editor of the Nux Misconduct and host of the Morning Practice podcast. Lots on your plate, buddy. You don't like the free time like me or what? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, uh, You should ask my wife and daughter about how they feel about all these side projects aside from the day job. But uh, mm-hmm. what can I say, man? Ever since I was uh, just a wee lad, I just uh, love talking sports, love writing about sports. You know, one of those guys that... Uh, you know, didn't quite have the build to make it. So, uh, you know, I, I scratched the itch in other ways. Right, right. Writing, speaking, editing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what was the, the the sport of choice as a, as a kid? Like, was it hockey? Was it baseball, soccer? What'd you do? Yeah, it was, uh, it was hockey and soccer for me. Uh, you know, arguably I was better at soccer, but I always loved hockey more. Um, I just hit my growth spurt late. So, you know, by the time I, I played until I was about 12 years old, and, uh, you know, my parents were looking at me, you know, 80 pounds, five feet tall, soaking wet. And, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, you get to 12 years old and some guys are hitting that growth spurt early, you know. And uh, sure. my, my parents were a little worried about me. I, I played with a bit of an edge, but uh, I think that edge meant less as uh, the guys grew around me. So, <laughs> yeah, true. Fair enough. Right. Everybody else does the same thing. So yeah. what is it now, Trevor, that, uh, you know, will eat up the majority of your day? Like, is it? The writing is it managing editor is it like you know i i know the podcast man if you're doing it and you're doing it right it takes up a lot of time so what is it uh, like how does your day is there an average day look like for you yeah you know what so i, I do have a day job aside from all that stuff but uh, Come on, dude, you got a day, day job on top of all i that do shit. yeah I, I got i got a nine to five on top of the the three side jobs here what? so I'm, I'm a financial advisor during the day monday to friday uh you know I, I usually get up at four to four thirty in the morning to get some of this uh writing done on the side so that is I, uh, absolutely insane bro yeah i try i try my best man you know just uh you know try try to try to lay off the marijuana during the week because you know that's uh <laughs> <laughs> that means it's a slower wake-up call but uh yeah it's uh look i just i've been writing about hockey through one form or another since uh 2013 I actually oddly enough i started with van city buzz or daily hive and uh, you know, I just, I've been around ever since. So, uh, I love what I do and, uh, you know, shout out to Rob at daily hive. Uh, I've been running for Williams. Yeah. He's been on the podcast yeah. too. Great guy. Solid dude. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's the man for sure. I, I like to consider myself mini Rob, you know, maybe, uh, not quite as good looking, but, uh, I try my and, and, and no cape. Yeah, yeah, no cave exactly. I guess I'm I'm Robin to his Batman, maybe. You can ask him coming. about that. It's coming, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how much did uh, COVID nineteen? Now knowing that you have a job beyond the, the shit we've already been talking about, but how much did COVID you know screw with your world? Yeah, I mean, uh, 
probably not as bad as most. Uh, so, you know, as a financial advisor, you know, whether you're, whether, you know, the world shut down or uh, you're in the office, you know, people still have your money invested with you. So yeah. uh, obviously there were some uh, strenuous phone calls in March of 2020, but Oh, I bet, you know, when that, when initially when that first hit, like I looked at all of my shit and, and it had dropped like yeah. 80, 90 K and like overnight kind of thing. Right. And I was yeah. like fo- fully pa- panic button. I was pushing it. Like the shoot was depressed. Like, and, and I had so many of my buddies that were kind of like, not like you, not where you're like find actual financial advisor, but like buddies were like, dude, just fucking chill. Yeah. It's all yeah. coming around again. Right. Like you're, yeah. you're a younger ish dude. Like, you got lots of time, man. Don't worry about that shit. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the only guys I know who really got burned were, you know, day trading when this was all going on. Like, I, I had someone call into my office recently, and they're trying to tell me like basically how to do my job, and he's just like, "Yeah, I love, but I lost all my money during uh, the pandemic." I was like, "You know, most people bounce back pretty quick there, bud." <laughs> yeah, right. Holy but, shit! Uh, did did yeah, some man. bad trading over that time, if that's the case, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, you're telling, you're trying to tell me what to do, but you blew through your savings. Like, you know, if you just held on, you would have been, you would have been okay. But you would have uh, been fine. Oh, I'm totally, I'm back up to it. I think I'm past where I was. I mean, the panic button there was no, there, you didn't need to press it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I know people uh, love their panic buttons, but sometimes you just gotta, you know, throw in the drawer and lock it away, and uh, you know, maybe yeah. swallow the key while you're at it. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and if you can like get into some high risk shit too, when you're a bit younger, like that's one of the reasons I was able to buy into Vancouver into the housing market. And like, you know, when I was like, you know, early twenties, I was like, fuck it, man, I don't care. I'm in, I'm, I'm in for the long haul. So put me to some shit that's like, maybe like dicey, but I'm going to 25, 30% to pay off on it. Right. Oh, hundred percent. I think, yeah. When you're young, you know, don't, don't put all your eggs in one basket, but uh, you know, you, you got to be able to take some risk and, you know, I think you got to be comfortable losing it all, which scares some people because when yeah. you're dealing with high risk shit, like, you know, it, it could theoretically go to zero. So totally, you got to take some chances. And, and, and I know I've come across countless people who have, you know, maybe someone similar to yourself, but we able to buy a house because of, you know, crypto exploding or something like that. Well, so, that's the one, that's the one thing I kind of kicked yeah. myself. My buddies were like, dude, get into crypto. And it was like, when it was like 300 or something like that, I was like, I'm yeah. not, that's, I'm not throwing my money away right and like now i'm like ah, i don't even want yeah. to think about that shit oh yeah i met a guy maybe six months ago he he was one of the first holders of bitcoin i think he said he held it in like 2013 or something like that and he sold it after a year I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah yeah those are the things you don't want to think about for sure yeah yeah all right so trevor that, that that's great that i had no idea that you were a financial trader so that's cool uh, yeah. but, uh, but this is of course all about your, the sports side of Trevor here tonight. Right. So, yeah, it's, uh, uh, what, arguably the more interesting side, but it's, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know, man, I, maybe have to get you on the lifestyle side of the podcast and, and, and do the financial side, man. That sounds pretty fucking badass to me, but yeah, uh, I, I want to get into like, what is the, what is your first Vancouver Canuck memory? Oh man, something, some, something probably random. So, you know, I'm born in 93, not to age myself or anything. And I, and I started having memories about the Canucks around 98, 99, but I think my first memory was just really random. But I remember Todd Bertuzzi scoring a sick goal, just something where he drove to the net. And I think he, sh- he roofed it on a goaltender and it was a regular season game, but I, that was my first memory around like five, six years old, which is Bertuzzi pulling some wacky shit out of his ass. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, at that point, you're, of course, you're playing in minor hockey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's how it's it, it's like you're talking like the days of like Nasland and and Morrison and and all that, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, you know, 
my parents tell me stories of like, so I was one, I was one year old when they did the 94 run. And my parents say one of my first words was Bure. <laughs> well, I showed at the TV. So, and you know, I, I'm, my parents won't admit it either, but I, I think I'm named after Trevor Linden too. I got, I got a couple hockey fanatics for parents as well. So, right. but they'll never admit it. Yeah. Of course, maybe if your name was Linden, it would be a little bit harder to pull off, but yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, the cup run, obviously for you, the, the, the holds the biggest place in your heart would be the, the obvious, the 11 then. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Where were you for that? And did you cause shit? Were you a little badass or what? Yeah, no, not at the time. I, uh, I, I was sentimental about game seven. So I stayed at home with the old man, uh, hoping to, uh, to see a cup win with him, but I was nice. down for games two, four and six. And I think one of my best memories from downtown ever was, was game two. I mean, I remember me, me and my buddy, first off, I skipped my high school grad. Uh, I graduated <laughs> high school in 2011. So I remember what the fuck are you doing? But I, I had to see the game. I wasn't missing it. Yeah. Um, so I'm downtown with my buddy, skipping high school grad, and we met these people from Williams Lake who had never been downtown or in Vancouver in their life. And then here they are in the midst of this shit for game two. And I honestly, I think I was like, you know, we were boozing up during the first two periods. And then like, I think I was taking a piss when Burrow scored in overtime. Like I'm pissing behind some building and <laughs> everyone starts losing their shit. <laughs> like, so I actually, I missed the goal, but obviously it, it didn't matter too much. I mean, we were downtown celebrating for you know, yeah. six hours, just high-fiving strangers on the street and drinking. So it was, uh, it was it was a great time for sure. I think yeah, game two is probably my, my fondest memory of that cup run. Yeah, and, and of course the president's uh, trophies years like ten and eleven, like how everyone thought the, the cup was ours. Like how could it not be? Yeah, oh, especially with Burrow scoring that goal too, and against Chicago. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not a very emotional guy. Uh, you know, something something crazy happens. I don't often cry, but I, I shed a tear when Burrow scored that goal against Chicago. You know, it's just there's a lot of angst going on. And uh, yeah, I mean, my dad hugging for that. So it was uh, that was also a good memory. But yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's I think the Stanley Cup is probably the hardest trophy to win in professional sports. Well, it has uh, to be. Guys, yeah, I think guys in other sports might not agree, but just the, the length of the series and what these guys go through. Sure. Uh, physically, um, I think it's by far the hardest trophy in sports to win. So. Yeah, and it's, I mean, we it's, might never see one in a lifetime, but I hope uh, you and I are down. Well, you shut your mouth. We are definitely going to be seeing one. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, and we, of course, we haven't been, uh, you know, conference champs for over a, a decade. Like looking at the team now, kind of got an insight on the team being a writer for, you know, respectable Vancouver, you know, authority. Uh, yeah. How do you see the the next couple of years, you know, playing out? Not to get too like philosophical, but do you think we've got what it takes right now with the team being the way that it is? Miller, what do you make of Miller as well? Is he sticking around? You know, uh, like what if what if we're in the hunt that uh, the trade deadline? What if he gets hurt? I was talking with with Brian Weeb, the the GM of the Port Moody Panthers, about that yeah. this afternoon. Lots to think about with the Canucks right now. Yeah, Brian Weave, shout out to that guy. I haven't he's heard that dude, name in a yeah. bit, but he's a bit of a beauty too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what I would do and what I think the team's going to do are do two different things. Um, look, I, I don't want to write off this management group yet, but they've been you know more conservative than I think any of us, any of us really thought, um, which and you can use the cap, flat cap as an excuse, but then again, you go and see Calgary pull some wacky shit out of their ass. So right. um, at my fear right now, and, and I said this when we were doing some Miller predictions on next misconduct is exactly kind of like you said, is that right now they're saying, oh, there's no pressure. Yeah, we don't have a pressure point to the deadline. I mean, those were those were Rutherford's words. Right. I mean, if they're in a playoff spot, which is a good chance they are at the deadline, I don't think they're trading Miller. Why would, I, honestly, I mean, the way how I, could they at that point? Like, yeah, exactly. So the way the way I see it playing it out is that 
You know, Cox going to make the playoffs. They're going to hold on to Miller. You know, they're going to bow in the first round, maybe maybe win around, and probably get knocked at the playoffs, and Miller's going to walk for nothing. I mean, that's a bit pessimistic, and I, I usually I'm an optimistic guy, but uh, that's kind of how I see it playing out right now. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. Um, that's I, I do think the conversation in general, I had today with Brian, almost yeah. word for word. Yeah, it's because uh, yeah, you don't, like you don't uh, suddenly you're like ah well whatever. There's a guy that helped us get to this point. Now we'll just let him go and whatever. Like no, you'll take him, ride him out, and get nothing for him at the end of the year. But whatever, at least you ride him out. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's Calgary was able to again pull some shit out of their ass when when Goudreau did that to them. I think they were in a position where there was no way they could trade Johnny Hockey. I mean, they had a legitimate shot at the cup last year. Right. Um, but I, there's, yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating situation. This, this the Canucks defense isn't good enough to to make a deep playoff run. It would take some rose-colored Cinderella shit for this team to go on a long run. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's uh, I, I'm always trying to be optimistic. It is uh, almost September. It's it's time for optimism. But uh, yeah, I think we've uh, you know we've seen a lot of crappy hockey in this market for almost a decade now since since the good times. So. Yeah. I think it's fair for fans to be jaded, and I think a lot of fans are are realistic about the long term goal as well. And the need so to I'll take a step back to take two steps forward. Yeah, and what are for you for some for the uh, you know the notable trades? Let's say the highlights of the summer. Like, what are you what what do you think are, are the big trades that will change the look and feel of certain teams in the NHL uh, around the NHL? You're saying not just the Canucks, not just Canucks. Oh, off the top of my head, that's that's a great question. Um, and man, there's been some big moves this summer. I mean, it's it's a broken record, but I mean, JT Miller is still a huge domino to fall. Like even you listen to the 32 Thoughts podcast with uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman, they're already name dropping Miller going to Colorado as a possibility with uh, with Nazim Kadri not going there. So right, um, yeah, I, I wasn't Kadri going to Calgary, isn't he? Yeah, so that was the point, right? So since Kadri's now in Calgary, they're saying, okay, well, Kadri was initially trying to go back to Colorado. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, I see what they're doing. Right. Yeah, know, I got it. I got it. They have this it. big hole in their lineup. Uh, you know, maybe they're looking to fill a spot. But, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't have anyone big off the top of my head, but uh, that Miller to Colorado stands, anything with Miller stands out. I mean, it's a sexy topic. New York's still kind of floating around, and they need to improve their offense. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, if you were to build, like, the ultimate Canuck team, Past and present players, who who's making your team? I mean, I'd have Sedin and Burroughs top line. Uh, oh, yeah. I think that's the best line of Canucks history. Then you go West Coast Express second line. And then, yeah, well, that doesn't even, that doesn't even include Burry and Linden. Probably have like a Burry, Linden, Ronning. Bring back the 94 boys for a third line. And then yeah. um, probably need some grid in the bottom six there. Maybe like a Torres, Malhotra, Lapierre. Bring back another 2011 <laughs> line there. So I love uh, that you left out mark messier by the way oh yeah yeah he's not getting on there i'd stop watching the canucks if that was the case i'm glad i think that there's a reason that my first lucid canuck memories came after the messier era right yeah so it's uh it's not something worth remembering i I did like uh mogilney i was surprised to not hear mogilney mentioned in there yeah you know what i probably i'd love some talent on the board there just trying to build that uh yeah true like that that shows just how good of a team we've had over the years Yeah, and how about goaltending? Who 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 do you pick for like uh, two of your two of the yeah, favorite it's, goaltenders? It's got to be Luongo and McLean, and uh, has to be. I'd probably start McLean um, again before my time, but it just seemed like he had a bit of more of a knack for coming up in the clutch. Uh, it, it's funny whenever I talk to you know guys like my dad's age about hockey, 
Uh, you don't get a lot of love for Luongo. I think a lot of people realize, you know, he was the best goal in Canucks history. But, yeah, there's a lot of guys 50-plus who are just like, oh, yeah, we just couldn't get it done in the big games. And that's his legacy for a lot of people, right? But, uh, you know, I'm going to look at the bigger picture. He was a, he was a fantastic goalie and definitely a, a worthy first ballot Hall of Famer as well. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, I've had Kirk McLean in this studio drinking beer, yeah. shooting the shit for like hours, playing, yeah. uh, you know, local indie bands and stuff. He's such a he's such a good guy, man. Really, really cool guy. Yeah, yeah. I always see him around the community here. Like, even when I worked in uh, uh, community journalism with the Surrey Now Leader there, it's uh, I was only there for less than a year. And I remember seeing him at, like, multiple events. Like, uh, you know, he's obviously uh, invested in the community and always around, which uh, you love to see. Yeah, for sure. Which other sports, uh, like, do you do you like the best besides hockey? You can get into the yeah. Lions. You watch? Uh, uh, oh yeah, I'm I'm a football guy next. So uh, nice. big CFL guy, big NFL guy. Uh, I, I almost feel guilty that I've become a bigger NFL guy as opposed to CFL over the years. But uh, oh, yeah. definitely still, definitely still love the Lions and watch the CFL. I think a lot I'm of guys are like that too. Too, and I don't know what it is. Like, is it just that there's more like? partying with the nfl for some reason like i don't know what it is i think it's a couple things i think it's talent uh first and foremost i think the talent is just far superior to the cfl yeah uh, but also in, like the whole like betting and fantasy like really helped nfl take off as well yeah um but there's things I like about the cfl game better like i think three down football moves a lot faster like the field's bigger for sure it does um yeah i think that but it's the the refing in the cfl not to be one of those guys like oh the damn refs but i feel like the refing really really bugs me in the cfl and then the just the talents lacking for the most part but again good in bc to, this year for it to have nathan rourke because i feel like we've been oh, lacking yeah, a star player we're like that kicking some ass this year it's looking yeah. good 100 yeah are you I a just, gambler just, do you do you bet on sport oh yeah i play fantasy football for sure in the nfl got a couple okay. fantasy drafts coming up this week and how do you do uh, pumping up for that ever, that? ever, ever one have you ever, ever uh, dropped your boys or what yeah, I, I got one fantasy title and uh, a couple second place finishes where I've at least made some money. So nice. Um, yeah, I like to think I'm not a bad fantasy player, but I, I had a cardinal sin last year. I, I did my draft, you know, around this time last year, late August. It was a scheduled 9:30 draft, and I partied too hard the night before, and I slept in for my draft. No, I woke up and my draft was a half an hour in, so I was I was fucked for the year after that. So wow, yeah, there's no coming back. I was a pretty so like. Yeah, no more mistakes this year. You know that was yeah. uh, that was a that was a lesson right there. Yeah, exactly. T take yourself to the side. Just have a good talk to yourself and like, yeah. all right, come on, Trevor, get together, buddy. Come on. <laughs> How about uh, uh, the fights, MMA, uh, Bellator, UFC? You, you watch that yeah. stuff? Not not uh, huge into it. I got a ton of respect for what those guys. Do like I, yeah. I watch it with buddies, like maybe on a Saturday night when someone's throwing it on. I don't follow it super close, but. Uh, uh, man, I got a ton of respect for what those guys do. Holy hell. You know, right? <laughs> it's like just getting sick. in the ring and kicking the shit out of each other for like 20 yeah. minutes at a time. Oh man. Like, uh, puts me in my, uh, high school, my high school backyard or back, whatever you want to call it behind the school fights to shame. Yeah. Well, for sure. And, and, and how about, uh, do you keep up with the, with the Jake Paul, the YouTuber, you know, he's and all that circus that his what is his he, life. Uh, yeah, what was he doing recently? Was it baseball he tried out or something? Uh, was he trying baseball, I think? Oh, I saw him take a few swings, yeah. I mean, he'd, yeah. he'd actually had a full-on, you know, boxing bout ready with with a yeah. decent Yeah, guy. yeah I watched. I can't remember who he fought now. Was it the the other basketball player? Um, little well, short he, he fought, uh, didn't he fight uh, Woodley, a UFC fighter? Oh, yeah, it was Woodley. Sorry, I'm, and, I'm mixing uh, up. There's another short dude from the NBA that was, like, in the same pay-per-view event as paul but maybe they didn't fight each other oh possibly yeah. yeah i'm not sure about that shit like 
you know, sure. I'm like, maybe he would outbox me, but I don't know about a full on scrap. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, uh, let's see. Can we see you flex for the camera? Or oh what? yeah. Come on, baby. There we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's funny oh, that, man. uh, you know, just because he's, he's got a lot of followers, like he thinks he can scrap. It's funny, man. Anyway. Yeah. Let me get outside of sport here for a little while and get to know you a little bit. All right, man. What do you, what are you binge watching right now? What do you, Oh man, uh, been been on a bit of a movie uh, trip lately, more so than binging a show. But I did watch the Manti Teo documentary. Oh, how was uh, that? I, have you seen that one? Yeah, no, I haven't. I heard it's awesome, but yeah, I mean, I remember at the time, like when that whole story came out, thinking like just feeling bad for this kid, you know, like he was yeah. a one year old kid, and you know, he's all over like American media and it's just the whole fucking circus that like engulfed his life. Like I felt bad for him at the time. They didn't really think too much past that. But then you watch this documentary and it's just like, it's those same emotions, but just tenfold. Wow. Like this guy just talks about like, all he cared about was faith, family and football. Just like a good down earth guy. Like just love the Lord, love the game. And, uh, you know, he just wanted to seem like he wanted to help people make a difference. And, you know, he thought he met this girl online who, you know, same race, similar interests. Uh, you know, respected him in his sport, and it ends up being like uh, a dude on the other end. Like it's, it, it, uh, isn't that insane? Like, did they get much into the psychological aspect of somebody that's fucked enough to do that to somebody else? Yeah. So they they interviewed the guy who's now trans or trans gone to do surgery to become a girl. Okay. Um. So this guy slash girl. Yeah. They interview uh, him through the whole documentary. Wow. So you get to see his side and what was going through his mind at the time. Um, and Manta Teo's interviewed separately. So it's, it's pretty fascinating stuff. Dude, it doesn't even seem like it would be real life. Like it, it is almost too, too far fetched to even be considered like, like movie stuff as opposed to like this actual shit that happened to somebody. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's, uh, you know, he like dedicated his whole senior year to like his, uh so I, I i don't know if you know this but like so his grandma passed away and then later that day he was told by the person who's making all this shit up that his girlfriend had died and it was really the person just fucking with him because she wanted oh to God. stop it so in the same day he learns his grandma and his girlfriend died just and he, yeah and he loses psycho. his shit and then he ends up dedicating his entire senior year to the grandma and the girlfriend so obviously this dead girlfriend gets a lot of play in the media and then when they find out that you know she wasn't real like you know american media is like oh did he make this up for motivation like is he hiding the fact that he's gay like all this shit's coming out and really he just was like the like none of that was true he just was the victim of this sick fucking joke he just got duped yeah i mean oh it's powerful shit man man. i'd recommend it i mean i'll watch that yeah yeah, yeah, and not, not not too often I convince my wife to watch a, a sports documentary, but she was right into that one. Oh, for sure, yeah, drama's good, man. What yeah. was the music like in the Beggs house as a kid growing up? Like, what are your what are your parents playing? Oh man, so I mean, my parents. I I, I grew up probably as a classic rock guy. I mean, yeah. I, I'll tell you what though, I don't think I gave a shit about music until I was about nine or ten, and and it was it was your voice of the Fox, man. I think oh two, we, we <laughs> I always started listening to the Fox right as you were on, you know. It was, uh, it was, it was your sultry voice that, uh, that's that got awesome. me into rock and roll, man. No, I'm, I'm giving you too much credit, but yeah, I love um, 
I'll take yeah, it. Yeah. I started with that alternative rock in the early 2000s. And then yeah. as soon as my dad heard me listen to rock that he didn't like, he started putting me on the classic rock. And I feel like that's all I listened to for another four years of my life. And Right. Well, you got to okay. start him young, Trevor. Yeah, 100%. I'm already trying to you know, play my baby girl, some Beatles and some Frank Zappa. Oh, yeah. I almost cried the other day. She, uh, you know, we got one of those Google home things in your house where you tell uh, the Google machine to play a song. Yeah. And I was saying, I was getting, I was playing drive my car by the Beatles and she's like, daddy car song. And I was like, yes, yes. I did it. I made it. Yes. I'm doing it right. Yeah. And then five minutes later, she asked for baby shark and I wanted to blow my brains out, but you know, yeah, yeah. it was a small victory. Yeah. Small victory. But, uh, I listen to a bit of everything now, man. I was thinking the uh, the last concert I was at was pre-COVID now, and it was uh, Rufus DeSola, an Australian oh. uh, EDM artist, I guess you want to call it. And yeah. I was at like a festival there right before COVID. But uh, okay. I listen to a bit of everything now, but definitely rock and roll roots for sure. Right. What was your first concert you went to? ACDC. Yeah, <laughs> uh, DC place. Yeah. Holy shit, setting the bar. Yeah, seriously, man. It was... Uh, it was a hell of a show, man. Uh, Angus Young doing his thing. I actually met a guy the other day that uh, saw Bon Scott live, so I was a little jealous of that. But uh, wow, yeah, oh, shit. Start, yeah, I know, right? But wow. uh, yeah, I know I started off on a high with ACDC. Yeah, for sure. How old were you for that? What, what uh, I was fifteen. Tour, yeah. Was I was fifteen? Yeah, it was about 08, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Oh, like the Black Ice, maybe something like that. Or? Yeah, exactly. I think it was the Black Ice tour. Yeah. Okay. But, um, I'll, wow. I'll tell you. Probably Those guys are freaking old and they can throw it down still oh. oh man angus young is just like he's the energizer buddy man i think he's gonna live to 200 years old yeah for sure it's him and keith uh keith richards uh from yeah. the stones yeah 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 he's also hey, live forever trevor i want to respect your time buddy i appreciate you jumping on the on the podcast here tonight i've got a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up right yeah sounds good buddy i'm here for you so share a near-death story with us like where you could have should have died You know what? I know some people have some really good ones. I don't. Ha- I don't have a huge one that stands out. <sighs> so there was some nights overseas where, you know, <laughs> experimenting. I-, I did a Europe trip with the boys uh, maybe six, seven years ago, and uh, yeah, there were there was one night where you know, doing some crazy shit. And I remember, yeah, this wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, you know, brave enough to do this. My buddy was basically like tightrope walking, drunk on this like metal pole over a big fucking like uh ravine and like i thought he's gonna die for sure man like that wow, was some crazy wow. shit i mean for me I, I remember like narrowly avoiding a car accident like nothing nothing too exciting but i've seen my buddies that, that have some more <laughs> interesting right. death experiences some shady shit yeah hashtag yeah. liquid courage yeah exactly all right and so so hit us with uh can you do this actually it's a most people can't but can you pick one career highlight Ah, man, yeah. So it's funny because I've I've jumped careers. Like I went to Jay's school, then I was in marketing, then yeah. I was in community journalism, then went into marketing. Now I'm a financial advisor, so I've been all over the place. But uh, I'll go with this year actually. So again, shout out to Rob Williams at Daily Hive. I mean, been writing about the Canucks for a long time, but uh, this year through Rob and Daily Hive, I actually got to cover some games as part of the media. So I'll, maybe I'll talk. Maybe my first presser um with travis green and and um uh i think it was connor garland that came out too that was that was a highlight so i'll, I'll tell you what the game i covered was the 4-1 loss to pittsburgh back in early december which was okay. travis green and jim benning's last game so right 
I don't know. Maybe it was uh, it was all thanks to this guy that uh, <laughs> you know, set the set the future in motion for the Vancouver Canucks. Too bad that wasn't like five or six games prior, buddy, and maybe would have would have made the the playoffs last year. Yeah, hey, that's Rob's fault, man. I just didn't get in there quick enough, you know. Come on, Rob. God damn it, <laughs> Trevor. You're easy to find online uh, at Trev uh, Trev Beggs T R E V B E G G S on uh, Twitter. Trev Beggsy B E G G S Y on Instagram. I think that's it, man. Thanks for doing this. And I guess we'll see you online. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you're a legend yourself, Todd. Keep doing what you do best. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.